0: Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I am here with Eric Varden. He is an AI tech entrepreneur, C-suite executive, and advisor with more than 20 years of success in the marketing, advertising, cannabis, health and wellness, fitness, luxury, fashion, beauty, technology, and digital industries. Leveraging extensive experience in business development and startup, Eric's broad idea areas of expertise include brand development, digital strategy, communications, entrepreneurship, leadership, and growth. He is currently the CEO at Morpheo.
1: Eric, thanks for being on the show. How are you? Awesome, Sean. Thanks for having me. (laughs) That's a a long intro. uh, I could think about all the gray hair coming off of all those stories that come out of each one of those things. But yes, happy to be here.
0: Oh, I bet. Yeah. And I'm not the one that got tongue tied. It was you that got <laughs> tongue tied for me. So there we go. But um, I, I read your, um, you sent me a little story about your background on things. And, and we'll kind of move into that later. Okay. But um, I wanted to kind of know, why, you know, why did you start uh, Morpheo? And first of all, why did you start it? And what is Morpheo?
1: Sure. So a long time uh, for the background, long time marketing agency, sort of technology nerd, love building products, love building business. Um, and in, it was in the agency uh, when we were scaling um, and we were growing clients and growing complexity and managing all sorts of fantastic uh, e-commerce business, lead gen businesses, again, based on the profile health and wellness, doing a whole bunch of great things. Uh, but we're running into issue scaling. And we couldn't find any software for agencies or for marketers in general that was cost effective, uh, that was really smart, and that was really going to help scale our business. And so we ultimately started to build it for ourselves uh, and have recently turned that into a new company and, and a product in, in called Morfeo. Uh Warfio is for SMB marketers that are looking for cost-effective ways to automate many parts of their business, both from reporting, aggregation, data analysis, with underlying sort of uh, factor of of AI to look for the data variances that normally affect our ROAS or our cost per lead or acquisition costs and protect us against the mistakes or failures or campaign changes or campaigns left on or tracking that goes down, all those little things that add up to a lot of potential mistakes, but that also is where we learn and we test. So we can detect before they become a mistake, being a failure is okay, but if they become a mistake and they cost us tens of thousands of dollars or whatever the case may be, that's what we start to really impact our business and we hope to solve that problem uh, in an interesting way with AI.
0: So I was reading on LinkedIn um, a little bit about your company that, uh, that shot me over to um, your website and I, I noticed that it was, uh, Morpheo is more of a marketing security software, is that correct? That's right. That's right. So, you know, where is Morpheo now and what does it combat what kind of challenges are you kind of seeing now on on the on the distant or the near actually not distant but near horizon?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way we define security and it's you know similar to how antivirus was before it became a thing, was it it detected or was the early alert system to the to the things that would get in the way of our in that case computers? Well, Morpheo is securing marketers from, again, the failures, as I mentioned, uh, in terms of the little things that add up to a lot that is just simply impossible for all of us to, 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 to find uh, manually. And it's what's also taxing our most important and, and, uh, and expensive team members that we want to keep happy. And so if you think of it as a new way to work, what we're securing against is having now machines and automation be able to handle that analysis for us. So that we don't have to log in and out of analytics and Facebook and Google Ads every day, looking for and manually correlating to the KPIs that our, our clients or our business is looking for, we help uh, and help to secure our, our most uh, you know most impo- important fellow uh, digital marketing nerds against those things that are just causing the repetitive repetitive and mundane that makes our business no fun. So that's when we define marketing security is around all the paid, the landing pages, the campaigns, the tweaks, the changes, budget updates and budget overages and underages every day, all day long that we deal with. Imagine if we could even save 20 or 30% of that, what our days would look like to do the things that we love in our business, whether it's client strategy, uh, you know, client, time with clients, time with our bosses and our peers and our team members. That's what we're looking, hope, hoping to bring back to this amazing industry,
0: you kind of spoke to me a little bit about the advertising because that's what I do. I go in day in, day out, and um, that's what I do is I look at the advertising, the paid spend. And sometimes you can you can answer this question for me because I think mm-hmm. this kind of plagues a lot of um, digital marketers, advertisers out there. Um, where you know I've worked for with vendors in the past, and they look at the conversions from, let's say, Google Ads platform. And their algorithm is based upon that. But that's not the end of the journey for a, a buyer. It goes into Google Analytics on a website and they mm-hmm. buy something. How do you combat you know, those kind of things where you, you can pull in multiple different platforms and kind of understand where people's buying behaviors are in order to adjust um, those things more of an aggregate
1: level rather than going in manually? And you hit the nail on the head. We as marketers do that. Again, manually and on the fly. So we we are in the middle as that uh, you know objective uh, uh, objective view across all of the platforms we integrate and ultimately think of Morpheo as the same. And again, for SMBs, so we stay away and, and purposefully stayed away from the the, the you know the Salesforce clouds and Adobe. It's like we are for SMBs. So majority of us are going to integrate and spend most of our days in analytics, Facebook ads, Google ads again all things Instagram YouTube that'm sort of boiling boiling it up if it's b2b it's LinkedIn you know perhaps a good percentage of Microsoft, uh, of course Shopify for e-commerce etc but that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time And so if we don't have to go in and out and think and, and, and quantify on the fly and if a machine could do that for us yet you know to your point, thinking about the end result of conversion of an ultimate lead to customer or an online sale, et cetera. We're doing that collectively, aggregating that all in our head. It's just it's too much and it's too chaotic. So Morpheo is that and does believe in managing estimated revenue for leads-based clients uh, across all the different platforms. That's the subjective view that we couldn't find within software. And yes, our, our good friends at Google and Facebook do a great job of this But their objective, of course, to their platform and the successes that their algorithm is going to see with only that micro view of the part of the journey that they hold. So we do believe, you know, fundamentally that and holistically, that's what marketers are looking for. And there's a big gap in the market and we haven't figured it all out. But we do believe we are an objective view that is trying to remove that subjectivity and correlation data on the fly. And it's a great point. We love the fact that you brought that up.
0: Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's cumbersome because you kind of look at it and you have to look day in, day out. And you know, you, you, if something goes down in revenue and then you make a change, you lost a day yeah. already there. So you lost a day worth of revenue getting to the right people at the right time. Um, and I just had a conversation earlier with somebody where they're like, well, for paid search or something like that, how do they get um, customer or like, how does Amazon do this? And I'm like, it's really simple. I mean, they probably put a blast a lot of broad terms out there i mean they've got their own data platforms and and get everything kind of to a certain point on google and then they can max out the budget but then they throw all these key term or broad key terms in and then they look at the search term stuff and they're like okay that's what people are searching for okay now we can narrow down what we want but they have the affordability is the biggest thing about putting a lot of money in and that's the thing is a lot of companies aren't SMBs are not able to do that they're not that's allowed right. to pick you know the money that's why they they don't know their audience so it's kind of a day in day out grind um so just want to put my little two cents in there that this yeah. this product I'm you know interested in because um it's something that you know It's a pain point for me that I never – when we were talking, like before we were chatting, I was like, oh, he's an AI tech entrepreneur. What else does he do? Mm -hmm. What what does security software mean? And that meant so much more of not securing data but securing data in the sense of making sure that you can be more subjective with your decisions and being more creative with your decisions, having someone – like a machine having your back.
1: That's that's a big point and and uh, I know I touched on it before we got on the onto the podcast, but we didn't want to just take our own uh thoughts for granted as well as some of our our customer base so we went and pulled three hundred agency owners and digital leaders across the u s and Canada that are also facing these same problems uh and happy to uh to to share this uh, this campaign it's all coming out on. Uh, on our site, uh, of course, over the course of the next uh, couple weeks, um, but it was just unbelievable the amount of uh, of mistakes that were being reported by agency owners. And I think it was something around sixty percent of agency owners are seeing, you know, between five to ten mistakes a week on average, costing about five to ten thousand dollars. So if you think of of that number of how much we as owners, marketers, brand doesn't matter, have to sell or how we recoup that lost uh, that lost revenue. That is one way that, of course, we can secure from a monetary perspective, but it's stressful, right? It's not fun. None of us want to deal with it. And I think that's more impactful to your point is the audience uh, example is great. Why can't someone tell me what the audiences are to allow me to test and deploy more quickly? And if I can catch these things quicker, then I'm going to have more freedom to know that something in the background has my back. Currently, it doesn't. If I wake up, you know, I can't go to work and I'm sick one day or team member has to go on vacation or whatever the case may be. I, I lack a, a fail safe there. And it's just, uh, it's not fun for any of us. So the report was unbelievable. Many more sort of statistics, but uh, love to share it. And, and for you and the listeners as well, because it's unbelievably compelling.
0: Oh, definitely. Shoot that over and I'll make sure that it'll be on this episode. So okay. enough grilling with the questions and everything. <laughs> um, I'd like to know, you know, I think the listeners like to know, you know, more of a story, um, offline background, how you helped the client or even how Morpheo became into existence. How did it morph into Morpheo?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, it's either a, people reference Matrix. Uh, Morpheus is definitely close. I mean, our vision from day one and where Morpheo, the brand sort of came from, and I'll, I'll segue into a, a couple stories. We've got too many, but we, we really felt that the at, at, at some point in time, um, that this sort of subjective nature of designing and writing and even building and deploying, in, in the first case, as a website or even marketing in general, from a, a creative or again subjective uh, experience, seemed it seemed really hard and it took a long time. As soon as you launch and deploy it, you're going to use data to be more objective of what to test, different colors, different content, etc. But yet the the process at the start was also and stayed the same as it has been for 20 years. And so we always felt that at some point data would populate content, it would change colors, it would change user experience, and ultimately give a unique uh, experience to you versus me and that idea that the data would morph any kind of marketing property or marketing asset is still something that we believe will happen. So that's kind of why we started was that was a really exciting sort of big hairy goal was to say, well, yeah, we can, you know, have a piece of that puzzle. And, and why not? How hard could it be to, to understand machine learning and AI and build a brand new product that no one's ever built before? No problem. Again, why my hair is so great. Um, but that's why and that's sort of how we started it, and it came out of many different businesses. But, you know, today I get to meet fantastic marketers and brands that are are and have their own way, you know, of, of handling business. Just now got off of, the, uh, of a client call. It's a fantastic business and they only focus on SEO and they actually talk about the fact that they are looking for and convince their customers to not use paid advertising. It's what they believe in. It's their core competency around SEO and performance of organic insight and, and on and off page optimization, the technical parts like that is, they know that that's what they do. That's what they love. And they're finding customers that believe in that. And our tool helps them in very cool ways and different ways to help and monitor that. I would have never have thought that a a business may only have that focus. So I get to hear and see those kinds of stories every day. So that's the one that I had thought of. It's clearly topical, but that's the exciting part about our business right now.
0: I mean, it's an interesting aspect in marketing in the sense of, especially with the SEO reference, like you can hear, you can hear two sides and majority of marketers would probably say SEO is a compliment Um, and it's a part of a channel. Um, while others, they're going to stake their claim on a $10,000 bid on, on blackjack. I mean, they're going to, they're going to do it, but they're going to do it to the best of the ability and have a very strategic focus. So it can be either, or, um, it can go either way. But I think with the Morpheo, it it affects so many different channels of what you can see and what you, basically not what you can see, but what you can't see,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think going into it. Um, so it's not just, uh. Having your back, or being Morpheus, or whatever, but it's um, almost like we're all the Neos, and you're the Morpheus that sees the potential in us in order to move forward.
1: Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy sort of thought process. But you're right, and, and hopefully, you know, I look at AI specifically and sort of define machine learning and deep learning under just the AI broad stroke because it's sort of easy enough to get into a huge tangent. But I do believe that these these types of algorithms will actually help us in our business create and think of new ways to operate and to scale and to, to offer products and services. But, you know, the other thing that made me think of as you're talking is, you're, you know, it really comes down to what your customer really needs. And if you're a, a local contracting business, let's say, in a certain small town and, and you can't, and maybe shouldn't really pay to, to afford, the, uh, you know, a bunch of ad spend, et cetera, it does make sense that an SEO strategy is probably your biggest bang for your buck. And that really works for that business. So knowing your business, knowing your audience, knowing your core offering doesn't mean you need to do everything. It doesn't mean that it needs to be a compliment to your example. Sometimes it is okay to be sort of swim lane or channel specific, but it doesn't mean we can't have software that isn't going to help us even if we want to adapt and change. And again, it should be at a price point given the computing power and the affordability of these things. And I think that's the biggest movement is light enterprise type of software that it can do almost everything like an enterprise solution but for a cost that SMBs like us can afford, it's about time.
0: I like it. So, enough questions. Enough about Morpheo, Morpheus references, <laughs> uh, Matrix references. <laughs> um, so, Eric, you know, it's going to be. It's more about you now. So, you know, when you wake up in the morning, why, why go to work? What, why do you do what you do?
1: Um, I uh, I get asked that question a lot from my wife, for sure. Uh, I, I've, I've said in a, a speech to our team before that I love uh, weekdays and weeks more than I like weekends. And uh, and she was there for that. And and I love her and she loves me. and But it probably wasn't the best thing to say. <laughs> so but it, it really is. It's my it's it's the challenge, right? It's uh, every day is unique. Uh, every day, a, represents a different opportunity. I just love building stuff in, in, in various stages, my both my business partners, co-founders and team members, we all love the grind of solving these very core uh, and, and very deep problems. That's what that's what gets me excited. And so whether it's a project at home, whether it's building a new company, whether it's you know a, a puzzle with the kids, whatever it's I'm, I'm personally driven by those kinds of things that I can envision an outcome, although it may be two to five, ten days or weeks or years away, and then finding the realization in my own way through that to the to the end result, um, the, you know, the, it's not a straight line. Of course, as we know through many posts on LinkedIn, it's a, it's, a, it's all over the place. That's the part that gets me excited when I wake up the morning. It's uh, you know, you never know what's going to throw at you. That's usually when I'm uh, uh, when I'm the happiest in sheer chaos. I like it. So mm. you know, what do you do? Can you kind of
0: mention this with puzzles with your kids? But what do you do as a hobby or creatively that? brings energy back into what you do during the weekdays
1: so i'm 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 canadian of course so it's it's uh number one hockey number two golf uh play ice hockey and roller hockey not to get into it so it the sports part for me is a big part personally when i can go on my own and kind of you know turn the brain off and you know be with the you know, be with the team and, and really think and talk and experience very different things that shut the mind off. Um, again, when it's at home, of course, with the kids and the dogs and babies and all sorts of stuff, it's just trying to keep the the house under control. Um, but it's really is time to, to shut down and, uh, you know, and, and really stay away. I mean, in and around technology all day long, I do a lot to try to steer away from it both at night and on the weekends. It's a very cognizant thing, but sports is a big one, always has been, always will be.
0: You kind of mentioned, um, which is my last question, is what do you do for health? Um, so you kind of mentioned you, you turn your brain off on technology. You know, what are some, what are some tactics that you use that have been pretty, pretty effective? Because I know a lot of us um, are run technology all the time. So what are some tactics that you use?
1: Yeah, so depending on how long you want this answer to be, I I, I, I call myself a modern hippie, so I, I do I truly believe in in not just turning it off, but at, you know at night turning off all wireless connectivity of, of all kinds, including your phone, airplane mode, so there's nothing on, no clocks, no nothing, and 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 really focusing on time grounding, and whether it's being crazy and walking out barefoot on uh, in the grass and hugging trees, it it, it really is something where you, you've got to turn it off and you've got to really get out there and embrace nature to the point in the extreme of, you know, we moved to two acres in the middle of nowhere and, and uh, it, you know, to allow our kids to also experience offline and what that means. And so if it's that or going to a cottage or, you know, getting out on the water, it's making sure that we find and plan time to get away from the technology. And, and so we, we do focus on that as a, as a family, as well as a business, and making sure that we have time together outside you know of, the, of the, the screens and
0: the computers well eric um i appreciate that answer i appreciate everything you're talking about with morpheo i know that we could probably talk more about um your 20 years with all the different industries that you've been in um i would probably have more questions um around ice hockey because um <laughs> i feel like there's a level of coordination with your feet and your hands that Absolutely. um I'm from the Midwest that we don't get. I mean, we have basketball, but uh, yeah. I think it's a whole new level with, uh, with hockey and everything. But I do appreciate you sharing about your background and hopefully that, uh, that case study too mm. um, with a, the with a different agencies. But I um, appreciate you talking about um, how, you, how you balance um, being in a very tech world, but also balancing that of just turning everything off um, and, and recharging that way and actually appreciating both kind of both worlds. Um, so
1: Eric, thanks for being on the episode. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it. Happy to come back anytime. Thanks again.